Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore the central role design plays in our everyday lives and how, if harnessed correctly, has the power to positively transform the way that we live, design better businesses and sustainable solutions for the planet. We speak to creative entrepreneurs around the world about how they inspire their ideas to life and how they make it all work and the role design plays in their lives. I'm your host, founder of Frost Collective and author of Design Your Life, Vince Frost. At Frost Collective, we are dedicated to designing a better world. Our specialist teams work across branding, strategy, place visioning and wayfinding, solving problems with empathy and creativity to design experiences that benefit people, business and the planet. And as a proud certified B Corp, we meet the highest environmental and social standards by balancing profit with our purpose to design a better world. To find out more, head to frostcollective.com.au. Welcome to the second episode of our Fittish series. The series where we explore the idea of what is the least we need to do for good health. Today I'm joined by Environment's Creative Director at Frost Collective, Maria Briganti. And we'll be catching up with Richard Holman, the author of a brilliant new book, Creative Demons and How to Slay Them, to find out what is the least you need to do to eliminate self-doubt, procrastination, and how to free up your creativity. This episode is actually our 100th, and I had no idea how the podcast would pan out when we launched it in late 2018. But it's been an amazing journey, meeting and speaking with inspiring people from all over the world. But it wouldn't be possible without you brilliant people who tune in consistently and support the show. Thank you for supporting us, and I do hope these conversations inspire you to work better at living better. Hey, Richard, welcome to Design Your Life. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Vince. I'm good. It's really nice to be here. Oh, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. Where are you? So I'm in, uh, I'm in South East Wales in the UK at the moment, uh, where it is unseasonably hot. Um, we, we recorded our highest temperature yesterday. It got up to 40 degrees. So um, I'm sitting here with my pina colada and uh, you know, my <laughs> sunscreen on, <laughs> just, just hanging out. Oh, my out. God. Yeah, well, it, we've heard about the extreme extreme heat there, which uh, um, I hope you guys are going to be okay. Today we have a, uh, have a very special guest with me as well, uh, co-hosting is Maria Briganti, who's our creative director in our, in our specialist environments team. Um, one of the most creative people I know, so welcome, Maria, as well. Hello, hello, hello. Nice and to be here. Yeah, really cool to have you on board as well. Um, and we're going to kind of kick straight into this and ha- ask you a few questions, and I came across your book the other day, uh, Creative Demons, and how to slay them. And I'm a, obviously a, a creative person too, and a very visual person. And, and anything with pictures on stands out, yeah. uh, stands out really strongly. And I saw it in, a, uh, in one of our local bookshops. And, and we're going to go. We're going to dive into the contents of the book, and and it's, which is incredibly insightful and useful, and, and not just for creators, but for all kinds of people. Um, but, but firstly, I kind of want to give us a bit of a breakdown of where you're, where you're from and how you became an expert on battling with yourself and, and to get shit done. Yeah, well, um, I began my career in, in television uh, about 25 years ago. I, um, I did a bunch of those sort of jobs you do when you get out of college. You know, I, I worked in a factory for a bit and uh, I 
was making mirror wardrobes. I, I even worked in a bingo hall um, one <laughs> long Legs summer. Legs 11. Yeah, with, with a sort of shiny bow tie, um, uh, which was a sort of particular low point. But, um, but, that, but then I... I, I <laughs> I, I managed to, um, uh, sort of against the odds, get a job at, uh, at the BBC working in there, um, working in the department that sort of promoted and did the branding for their TV channels. And I, I, I worked there for a while and then I set up my own agency for a few years and, and, and then took a little break, um, sort of stepped back, um, moved to Wales. And um, I'd always been curious about the creative process, about where ideas come from not not just in in advertising and design but but you know more more generally in art and and culture and and science mm-hmm. and and, and I've, i found myself sort of reading and thinking and, and pondering on this some more and then somebody asked me to to give a talk about creativity and and and, and things kind of switched for me i um i shifted from 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 making work i still do a little bit of that today but um but to helping other people feel more more confident creatively and, and, and giving people strategies that they can use to to come up with better ideas and that's that's really been my my sort of journey i guess over over the past um you know the past couple of decades and, and i guess the thing for me these days is um i i think you know we need more creativity um rather than less you know we, we need creativity individually to just provide us with the good stuff you know art and books and culture and 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 the things that make us feel better about being alive and then of course we need we need creativity to work out um to work out how we're going to stop it getting so hot um as we Mm. we just alluded to so so i am in my own small way i i i do what i can to um to try and um help people uh get some better ideas out there we're definitely aligned there um, and, and very passionate equally about uh, helping individuals be the best they can be. I mean, it's, it's really interesting during the course of being in the business of design, you're kind of working with clients all the time and you're helping clients be the best they can be. It's quite cool to be able to use that process um, for the general public or, or, or on individuals who are, are trying to achieve that. Um, how, how did the book come about? I'd accumulated quite a bit of material over the last few years from from giving workshops and 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 talks and and writing articles which are all all things I do and um I had a, had a go at self publishing a book about 4 years ago mm-hmm. and then a couple of years ago I thought well I I'll, I'll have another go and I'll try and do it properly this time so um mm-hmm. I put together a proposal and I called it the wind thieved hat because I, I i have my own podcast the the, the wind thieved hat and uh, i pinched the wind thieved hat maybe we'll talk about theft and yeah. creativity. <laughs> the, 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 there's a glorious history of um, larceny when it when it comes to creativity but there's um i, I was reading a book about stan laurel of laurel and hardy and um mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was a sort of novel that imagined the interior life of stan laurel and in that book there was a line when he's struggling to come up with a joke and, um, and, it, and it goes, uh, sometimes you have to sit back and let the gags come to you instead of chasing after them like a man in pursuit of a wind-thieved hat. And I thought, that, mm. that, that, that's really great. You know, the, the more desperate we are to have a good idea, the more elusive the good ideas become. So I thought, that's the title for the book. And I, I ended up falling into conversation with somebody who worked in publishing and she said to me, 
I really like your idea, Richard, but you can't call the book that. <laughs> and I said, I said, why not? She said, it's, it's, it's just too cryptic. You know, it's, it's a very poetic mm. title and it's beautiful, but people won't understand what it means. So I, I took this on board and, and, and I, in the best tradition of sort of inspiration, woke up one morning and, 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 and suddenly creative demons and how to slay them popped into my head. And mm -hmm. that gave me then the structure for the book. I thought, well, if, if each chapter I, I take a different demon, procrastination or doubt or failure, um, then, then, mm -hmm. then I have a structure for the book too. Um, and I have a friend, Al Murphy, who we, we may talk about, who's uh, is an illustrator. And I, I knew he would do an amazing job of, um, of doing the pictures. And um, <clears throat> that would mean that I had to write less as well um, if there were illustrations. So... Um, so that was it, really, and um, unfortunately, Thames and Hudson said that they would publish it. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And so, um, last time we spoke, you outlined the two creatives that you had um, discovered while writing the book. Could you tell us a little bit more about those two types of creatives? Yeah. Um, so, in my experience of of working at the sharp end of, of, of creativity and also having worked with a lot of creative people, it, it, it seems to me that there are really two kinds of creatives. Those, those who are overtly insecure, the ones who admit <laughs> to uh, self-doubt, and those who are covertly <laughs> insecure and, um, and, and, and are less comfortable at, about admitting to, to self-doubt. But, but nobody is immune, you know. I think, yeah. I think to, to bring to bring great ideas into being is, is, is really hard. And, 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 you know, that's fundamentally what the, what the book is about. It, it, it's not easy. And, um, and to have any kind of decent go at it, you have to expose yourself to, to great work, great ideas in your own genre. And if you do that, then you inevitably see the shortcomings of your own ideas. And mm. so, so given that, that self-doubt and insecurity and imposter syndrome are never really going to go away, then, then how do we learn to live with them? And, uh, and that is, I guess that's at the core Harnessing of the book, them. really. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like you, I'm, I'm a creative too, and, and uh, have been for 35 years, which just sounds like a bit old, much older than you. Yeah. Um, but um, still, um, I struggle. I still struggle today. I mean, I think a lot of things have got easier as a creative yeah. person and, a, and as a business person and as a father and all those things you learn to kind of cope with. But I still struggle with, um, I still struggle with, with, with creativity sometimes. I still struggle with, with doubt. And, and, and it's one of the biggest things, you know, that, that does, in, does hinder ideas coming to life. You can have a really great idea, but it gets stuck. And I've, I've got ideas, some ideas I jump on and I, and I make them immediately kind of visualize them and get them out there. Other times there's, there's, there's stuff that's been in my head for 10, 20 years that still is festering every, mm. every night I go to bed. I think, <laughs> damn, I, again today I didn't do it. Again mm. today I haven't brought that idea to life. There's a lot of overlapping themes in my book, Design Your Life, um, and, and the, uh, as well, and that's kind of with that kind of, that kind of hope that we can be better at what we do. We can be. We can help others uh, have a better life. And I guess, what kind of? I guess what I'm. Uh, the question is: I uh, do you think we can ever be cured? 
or do we want to be cured? Do we really want to vanquish yeah. all our creative demons? That's a very good double mm. question. Yeah, a double question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you, you, yeah, you touch on a few issues there, Vince. I, what, what, one of them that's that's really interesting to me is 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 that I think the the longer we work in a in a given medium, that in in, in a way, the harder it is to be to be really original because you become familiar with the with the kind of conventions, you know, with the ways of doing things. There's a nice quote that I use in the book from um, from a Zen master, um, and he says, um, "In the beginner's mind, there are there are many possibilities, and in the experts, there are few." And, um, mm. and one of one of one of the things I deal with in the book is is, is how to sort of break out of um, of the conventions that we unwittingly succumb to over time. But in answer to the thing about whether we whether we can cure these, you know, whether we can banish these demons or not. I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a spoiler, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But 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 you know, my conclusion is, is is the demons never really go away, and and if you accept them, if you recognise that they are going to hang around, then sometimes you can harness them and channel them and work with them to take you to. To a more interesting place than you might have been if you didn't um, if you didn't work with them. You know, it's, it's a bit like in Aikido, the martial art that um, mm-hmm. that if you if you the the central idea is that if you stop resisting something, then you remove its power over you. And I think um, I think it's easy to fall into that trap of, of of going, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I haven't got enough time. I don't have enough money, I don't have enough space, my environment's too noisy, my idea's not good enough yet. It's very easy to, to use these, uh, these excuses, really, as, um, mm. as a way of putting off doing the thing which you know is going to be hard. <laughs> but also, until you've done it, you know that there will be this kind of restlessness in your soul and... Um, uh, and, and and so ultimately, the the, the book has um, a sort of philosophical take on this, but also some practical strategies that 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 people can use to to overcome uh, and work with these particular demons. Yeah, you, you talk about these uh, ten demons, uh, ten chapters uh, in yeah. the book. Today, we want to kind of dive into three of them: uh, the demon of procrastination, the demon of constraints, and the demon of convention. Yeah, cool. Well, just, I guess, interpreting what you said about procrastination, it really seems to come with a lot of fear. Yeah. Fear about yeah. your performance, fear about your abilities, those, yes. as you were saying before, those imposter feelings. Yeah. And ultimately, how your peers will judge and assess your work. Yeah. Yes. You included in that chapter a really fantastic quote by American novelist Eel Doctorow about the process of writing. Can you expand on that and tell us about that? Because I thought that that quote was really fantastic. Oh, thanks, Maria. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so that quote is, um, uh, is about writing, but I think it could be applied to, to any creative process. And um, Eel Doktorov says, uh, writing's like driving a car at night. You never see further than the headlights, but you can make the whole journey that way. And... One of the things that gets in the way and that leads to procrastination 
apart from the, the self-doubt that you've alluded to, is it's just the feeling that the whole thing is going to be too hard, you know? Um, if you sit down and say, right, okay, today I am going to write a novel, then your chances of writing that novel are quite slim. But if you sit down and say, today I'm going to describe the shoes of a character who appears in my novel, then that's a, a much more a much more achievable task. And, uh, and I think what one often finds is that by the time you've described the, the shoes, then you may find yourself talking about the walk they take to work and the thoughts they have on the walk to work. And before you know it, you're, you're up and writing. And mm. if, we, if we make the process of beginning as easy as possible, as, um, mm. uh, w without judgment, um, then, then it, 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 it's much easier to, to get started. I, I think it's really important for anybody who's, who's got a bit stuck to remove the question of quality. You know, that um, if you accept that whatever you make is probably not going to be very good to begin with, then it's, it's much easier to make it. And, and if you have something that's not very good, then at least you can fix it. But you can't fix a blank piece of paper, as Neil Gaiman mm. once said, you know. Um, and there's another, I forget who said it, but there's another when it comes to writing. Uh, write it straight, then write it great. You know, um, I, I think the, a, a really big hurdle that people encounter with creativity is to confuse the process of creation with the process of evaluation. So it's very tempting when you've got those first few sentences down or the first few marks on the canvas or you've got um, the first few notes of the chorus to sort of sit back and go, well, is that any good? And to start mm. to evaluate it. And immediately your to brain... too quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your brain switches gears. Your, your prefrontal cortex, which is the evaluative centre of the brain, kicks in. And you arrest the creative process. And the trick, I think, is to try and delay that for, for, for as long as you possibly can. And you was, um, in your book, you also talked about an ice-breaking exercise with your creative team about coming up with your worst ideas rather than the best ideas. And so being able to kind of almost, you know, um, exercise into it and dropping some of that pressure that people have to come up with a good idea by saying, I thought that was really brilliant. I'm uh, going to use that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I actually tried that today, Richard, in a workshop. We had a, uh, a naming Great. exercise with about 10 creatives. And I actually said that quote. I said, guys, because nobody was coming forward with any ideas. <laughs> They're yeah, like, sure. you know, our, our Richard here was saying, hey, anyone got any ideas so far? And there's like silence, you know, crickets. Yeah. And, um, and I said, anyone got any bad ideas? And then they all felt, you know, they all Stop felt laughing. the, pres the yeah, pressure relieved. Uh, relieved, you know. No, I, I, it's lovely to hear you using that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice way to begin, particularly with a group of people. And, you know, when, you, when you're in, a, in that social situation, everybody's a little bit sort of edgy and nervous and, and, and concerned about being made to look a fool, you know, looking stupid. But as soon mm. as you, you, you take that pressure off and say, uh, what, what, what is the worst possible idea that you can possibly come up with? Then you start to have some fun. And, and, and what's really interesting is you can, you can often go in a, in a really 
uh, original direction because you're you're thinking about doing the things that nobody would do because they're terrible <laughs> you know mm. so um so yeah it's great to hear yeah. that you've used that already I mean, the importance, obviously, with, with, and we've been in business for a long time, and, and one of the most important thing is not just your creativity, but a really great brief. Um, I can't stand yeah. flimsy briefs, and, and I, I need a brief with parameters mm. uh, to come up with ideas to find the magic within a brief. And, and if there isn't that, I start to kind of create my own parameters. I mean, I, I personally find a blank page is one of my biggest fears, a lot of people yeah. think a blank page is wonderful. It's like, oh my God, this huge canvas to do whatever yeah. you want. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a client who says to you, hey, you can just, we really want you to do whatever you want. It's like, oh my God, please, no. Yeah. We've opened that situation where we go, well, I have no idea because I don't know what to respond to apart from everything. Yeah. Completely. So I guess like then the question's around how do you create, you know, I mean, probably how do you create the other, the parameters or ensure that you get a great brief because that goes a long way to understanding the problem which s maybe that is kind of wrongly defined as a demon because it's not really a demon it's just you've been poorly uh, informed or, yeah. or you're not deep enough you don't know yeah. enough to be able to come up with a problem yeah and then the demons kick in because you feel like a failure yeah but yeah. really just haven't got enough information to begin with completely yeah um, and and this is really true in the sort of field of commercial creativity that that a, a, a brief is it's like such an important stepping stone and so often badly handled. I, there was a report that came out a couple of weeks ago, which I, I posted about on LinkedIn, that 80% um, of marketeers think that they're good at writing briefs and only 10% mm. of creative agencies would agree. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But there's, there's, like, it's just something that people get, you know, can't, Get, they, they get wrong and um, yeah so a, a blank sheet of paper like theoretically seems like a wonderful thing you know there are no parameters mm. and, and, and then you sit down and you try and fill in that blank piece of paper it's like fuck well, what am I, where, where, where on earth do I go there was a mm. there's a really interesting piece of research done in America where they they explored this phenomenon and they, they got a bunch of, um, of of students together and they they split them into different groups and, and, and they asked one group to just come up with an invention. You know, they, they gave them a period of time and um, said, we need, we need something innovative and new and useful. And then they said to another group, um, you can use a hook, a sphere or a ring to come up with an invention. And they said to another group, you've got a category. You could come up with furniture, an appliance or a, or a toy. And then finally, they said to a, um, the last group, you... I've got one part, a hook, a sphere, a ring, and one category, furniture, appliances, toys. And it's always the guys who've been given the most specific brief that come up with the most original mm. ideas. Um, mm. so, so, so the more, the more guided, the more, the, 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 the more rigid the parameters, the more creative we are forced to be, the harder it is to defer to the conventional. And one story I often tell about this is regarding a woman called Jackie Kenny. And she, I came across Jackie on, on Instagram and her account has got these incredible landscape photographs from all over the world. They're really beautiful, wide shots, really poetic. They're in a kind of pastel palette. And 
and in and of themselves they are amazing images but what's really remarkable about them is that Jackie's handle is the agrophobic traveller and she has the yeah. anxiety disorder agrophobia so she, yeah. she, she finds it difficult to travel she, she likes to travel but often she can't go out and when she can't go out she explores the world on Google Street View and because she has a great photographer's eye and she notices things on Google Street View she screen grabs them and after a while she accumulated this, this really remarkable library of, of screen grabs and her friend said you should turn this into a, an Instagram account and she did and her work's been really celebrated and shown in galleries and um, mm. she produced a, a great book earlier this year and I, I think it's a really lovely example of somebody not being defeated by a constraint you know not mm. not not yeah. saying okay well I can't do the thing I love so I'm, I'm just going to have to do something else but instead of sort of working with it and and, and arguably her photographic career has become more fulfilling and, and more successful because of that particular constraint and unique to her circumstance which yeah. makes it original yes Absolutely. yeah 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 that's and, that, and that's another really good point you know that um I mean, we, we've talked about sort of comparing your work to others and, and 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 this is always a bit of a killer when it comes to creativity you know because mm. there's always going to be somebody who's better than you really unless you're you know leonardo or or, or, or Michelangelo, or you know, there's, there's always going to be somebody who wins more baubles, or who outwardly at least appears to be more successful. So I, I think the trick, and a really good place to begin, is, is 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 with that Dr. Zeus quote: "Today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you." You know, and and and, yeah. and and I think if we all begin there, that we, we're all, you know, gloriously individual, and we 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 arrive at the place where we're making work with this unique set of experiences and, um, and, uh, and understandings and a particular brain orientation. And, um, and the truer we can be to who we are, then the more likely we are to be successful creatively. Commercially as a creative, you've got to com continuously have it on. There's no room for having an off day. You, you need to have your time allocated for projects and back to back and I guess sometimes I feel um, in the past you know when you, you your diaries loaded you got meetings back to back you trafficked in for for projects it actually is you kind of just I, I, I often just kind of get on with it and get it get through it mm. if there's big gaps or things change or you ha you're on it for a bit then you're off on something else sometimes that kind of flow um, doesn't happen as, uh, as efficiently as, as you'd like it to be like it to be I guess in terms of um, but it's interesting that idea that you've always got to be on and that is your job it's yeah. not like a, an artist or something doing it as a hobby where you're you can kind of play with it in your spare time that there is a difference I think yeah yeah I'm not sure it's, what I'm trying to say but, yeah, but it's I just like yeah. creates more doubt I guess and in, in, in often yeah it does and, and I think it's it, it, it's unrealistic to expect yourself or, or or anybody you work with to be to be great all the time and I, I, and one of the things which is is true about creativity but unfortunately really counterintuitive with how we live today is that is that sometimes the best thing you can do is is to do nothing 
Neuroscience is, 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 is really like exponentially revealing secrets about the brain um, at the moment and it's, it's one of the reasons why it's really exciting to be, to be working in the field of creativity right now and, and we're learning more about how the brain works when we're coming up with ideas and mm, a really daydream. important, yeah daydreaming exactly, it's, um, there's what's called the um, default neural network in the brain which is when we are apparently at rest, when we're taking it easy or having a shower or, or washing the dishes, our, our brain is actually working really hard and it's, it's during those moments different regions of the brain are able to network together in really surprising ways. And so the, the incubation part of the process where you, you just are quiet and you, you maybe got some low level thing that occupies you but isn't overloading your, um, your cortex um, is, is, is a really important part of the creative process. And, uh, and, and I think over lockdown, um, a lot of us discovered that, that we had to take some time out. You know, it, it, it's, it's so important to step away from your desk if you, if you want the good ideas to come. Absolutely. Mm. On that um, topic, within the chapter about the demon of convention, you talk about a study of university students and the comparison between ideating whilst living at home as opposed to ideation in unfamiliar surrounds or living abroad. Can you elaborate on this with our current situation with many creators working from home due to COVID and the adaptation of new ways of working and how you can hack the situation to broaden your imagination? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, there, there have been a, a few studies done on the, on the effect of travel. One of them was, um, was with a, a, a group of students and uh, business students and they, they um, for a semester, two groups were given the same task. One stayed within their university and the other went abroad. And, and, the, and the, the guys that went abroad were, um, were found to be 17% more creative than the people who stayed at home, which is maybe not that surprising. But then there was a, a, a subsequent study done where they, they, they got two groups of students and they simply told one group before they did a word association task to think about their hometown where they lived. And they got another group to think about a different part of the world, a place that they would like to go to that they'd never been. And they found that those students were 75% more creative in the, um, in the word word association test. So I, I, I think the way we hack it is, is twofold really. One is, um, one is to make sure that you take time to travel intellectually when you're at home, you know, and artistically. Mm. Um, and one of, you know, one, one of the things I, I've really found myself doing over the past couple of years and, and down through lockdown particularly was, was, was just taking a bit of time each day, either with a movie or, or with one of my art books to just go off you know, or a bit of music to go off to a space that was slightly unfamiliar to me. And, you know, it was tempting at first in lockdown to just watch comfortable stuff, wasn't it? You know, we all watched Tiger King to begin with and, uh, <laughs> and this kind of thing. But I think the, the, the more, um, the, the, the wider and the, the richer the cultural experiences you have tops you up as a creative. And then, and then I think the other thing is, is to try and make the familiar 
unfamiliar a little bit, you know. So we, mm. we kind of bowl around our homes with, with routines and um, a set way of doing things. And we rarely sort of stop and pause. And I'm a big fan of, um, of, 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 of easy, quick meditation here and there, you know, when you can do it. And just sitting down now and again in somewhere and, and, just, and just looking at something in, in, your, in your home that you've never really considered before, whether that's, you know, the way they, I'm just looking at the outside wall of my house and the way the wisteria is growing on it at the moment mm. or um, the arrangement of the paving stones and just taking a little bit of time each day to be present, you know, away from the hustle and bustle of the noise in your head and the deadlines and, and all this sort of stuff. Absolutely. So I think those are, those are two ways that one can, can travel and get abroad while, while still being stuck at home. Mm, that's really interesting and good advice. What jumped out for me um, when I saw your book in the bookshop was the illustrations by you know, your, your friend Al Murphy, uh, which you mentioned before. I mean, I think yeah. they, they cracked me up. I mean, he's very yeah. clever, uh, managed to capture the ideas so brilliantly in such simplistic form. What was it like working with him and, and, uh, and bringing your thoughts into a visual form? Well, it was, um, it, it was a joy, really. You know, um, Al is, uh, I've known Al a long time, <coughs> but we've, we, we've, we've worked together on a, a project for, for Paramount um, about 20 years ago, which is where I first met him. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I knew he would do a, an amazing job of, of the illustrations. So I just kind of left him to it, you know. I, I gave him the, the synopsis. The, di the difficult thing for Al was, um, was that he, he likes to use text. And the publishers were keen that the book could be translated. Um, and ah. so he had a sort of mandate to use as little text as possible. So, so that was a little bit of a challenge. But, um, but no, I, I think he... <laughs> Constraints, uh, they're good. A, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it, it, it was definitely a constraint. But he's, you know, Al is... I, I don't think you mind me saying this. You know, I, I, I think he's, he's one of the most brilliantly creative, beautiful people that I know. But he's also somebody who's, who's, who's riddled with self-doubt and... Um, Mm. I, 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 and so in that regard as well, you know, he, he, he was um, he was perfect to work with on this particular book. And, and anybody who's listening now, um, he's on Instagram. Al Murphagram is where you can find him. And he does these these wonderful little illustrations which are, and, and animations which are guaranteed to um, to give you a day a lift whenever you see them. So, um, yeah, he's um, it was a joy working with him. Yeah, amazing. That uh, really does make. Um Compliment you incredibly well, you two together on this is a, a wonderful combination. Thank you. There's a quote in your book by David Lynch, the filmmaker. Uh, Ideas are like fish. You don't make the fish. You catch the fish. Is yeah. there such thing as an original idea? That's a big question, Vince. Um, I don't know that there is such a thing as an original idea. I think ideas are born of everything we've experienced, you know? Everything we've, we've consumed, our, our, our life experience, um, and they are inevitably a product of things that have gone before. So I don't think, um, I don't think there is anything, there is no idea which has no sort of roots in other things. 
And I, and I think if you realise that, then that sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. And one of the things I love about that quote, David Lynch is, is brilliant on, um, on creativity generally, is, is that too sort of takes the pressure off. You know, if you go, well, the ideas are like fish, they're already out there. Rather mm. than create them from scratch, I just need to get myself in the right frame of mind to go fishing. And, uh, and it sort of changes the emphasis a little bit. So I, 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 in the book, I, I encourage people to steal, <laughs> um, but to steal in the right way. And there's, um, there's another filmmaker, Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> Ex- maybe explain that. So yeah, yeah, I need way. to qualify this. Um, uh, there, there's, yeah, there's another we'll filmmaker. Talk to our IP lawyer about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jean-Luc Godard said, um, it's not where you take things from, it's where you take things to. Um, nice. And so to, to copy something is, is, is just to imitate it, but, but to steal is to take something and then make it your own. And I think if you recognise that this, this mechanic mm. is, is kind of at the heart of creativity, very often a creative idea is born of, of two or three things that hadn't been put together previously mm. coming together. Mm-hmm. If you, if you recognise yeah. this, then you, you can relax a little bit. Um, but you've just got to give yourself, <laughs> you've just got to make that really clear. There's a, there's a, there, there is a, a, a big moral point there. You know, you, you do go to creative hell if you copy. Uh, but stealing's okay if you steal in the right way, I think. Not, yeah, not blatant copying, I guess. No. It, inspiration. It, yeah, in, mm. in, inspiration. <laughs> and, 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 and very often... Um, there's, there's um, uh, Isaac Newton said, if, if I've seen further, it's by standing on the shoulder of giants. And he was, he was saying there that you know, his, his, his great insights and innovations were, were, were born out of the innovations of previous thinkers like um, you know, Copernicus and Galileo. But what a lot of people don't know mm. is that phrase, standing on the shoulders of giants, he'd pinched from a guy called John of Salisbury. And, um, and John of Salisbury had got that phrase from a Frenchman called Bernard of Chartres. So even, even this phrase about, about you know, <laughs> building on the ideas of others was in itself taken from, from other people. So it's an inevitable part of the human experience and of, of human creativity, really. And, and, and another reason why it's so important to, to top yourself up with the good stuff wherever you can, you know, by, by, by exposing yourself to the best work in, in your own genre and in other genres. Curiosity, I think, is, the, is, is an engine of, of creativity. Yeah. What other, what other things can you do to kind of release creativity or encourage creativity? I mean, I think you mentioned the book, too, around just going for a walk. There's a fact that just walking actually releases thoughts yeah it's um uh, yeah, as opposed to sitting at a computer yeah yeah for it to happen. completely there, there was a paper um that, that found we're 61 percent more creative when we're walking than sitting behind our desks and m- many um you know many writers and, and, and poets have have been great advocates for um for walking but there's the, i was listening to um i was listening to jerry seinfeld on the tim ferris podcast um the other day mm-hmm. and he was um he, he said that his thing is that he sits down at his desk to write and the rule is he can't, he can do nothing or he can write, but he can't do anything else. <laughs> and he sits there every day and 
if he's if inspiration is not coming, then he he just sits there and does nothing. You know, he, he's not allowed to look at the internet or do a crossword or anything. <laughs> and, and pretty soon, writing seems more interesting than doing nothing. <laughs> so he starts he starts he starts writing, and, and 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 you find that most creatives of one kind of another, particularly those who are self-initiated, you know, those working in art, ha- have a similar thing. That It's just a routine where you sit down and you say, this is, this is when I will attempt to work. And, and if, if it doesn't come, that's okay. But I mustn't do anything else. And to put a time limit on that as well, um, uh, of, you know, half an hour or 15 minutes or, or, or just whatever seems reasonable. It doesn't have to be a long period. Um, uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that's really a, a, a nice, simple, easy way of, of, of getting going, of getting over that hurdle of, of procrastination. Mm. Hey, Richard, I was kind of wondering, knowing all that you know and the career you've had and now the book you've written, have you designed your life? <laughs> I thought you may ask me this, Vince. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I told you I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Uh, and, and given yeah. you told me, I, I should probably have a better answer. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I, think I haven't. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's a work in progress, you know. Uh, I guess, I guess yeah. for, for for anyone, I, you know, I, I had an experience a few years ago where um, where you know I, I I said that my you know I, I set up an agency and for, for for the first few years it was very successful and we grew. We had a lot of clients who wanted to work with us, and I, I was, you know, I was outwardly doing very well, making money and and living a good life. And, and for various reasons, which I won't go into here, um, the, the the wheels came off, and I had to I had to start again um, from nothing. Uh, you know, I had to sell my house and 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 completely. You know, I I I guess I had a blank sheet of paper at, at that point, and and it was a really fundamental mm. shift for me because mm. it, it, it reorientated me around not the things that I thought should be important but the things that actually mattered to me most and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was that was where this sort of change in direction for me began and, 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 and that reorientated my, my perspective a little bit and, and, and I guess everything I do now is informed by the knowledge and understanding I've I've acquired since then, so so you know it as I say it's it, it it's an ongoing work in progress and it's by no means perfect but um, you know we all do what we can don't we day by day yeah well the yeah. the exciting thing is that obviously as you ex- as you explained that you can uh, either through you know the fact if you if you've been like hit rock bottom or um, something's happened in your life which me, me, you know really helps you feel unstuck like that shift that disruption can you know it can be seen as a positive thing that leads to good things going forward completely I guess to encourage people to know that there is there is other ways there's multiple ways of uh, approaching your career your life relationships you know where you live etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and, uh, and the towards the end of the book I, I, I talk about the demon of failure and I think um, you know if if you seek to to make great work, you have to take risks, and and if you take risks, sometimes you will fail, and and very often in creativity and 
in life, I think it's those things which appear to be failures at the time they happen that subsequently can turn out to be the most beneficial, interesting, fruitful moments that could have happened. You know, they, 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 they jolt us out of the space we were in. There's a, there's a really nice book um, called Ad Ad Adventures in Being Wrong by Catherine Schultz, who, who also does a great TED talk. And she talks about the tiny terrified space of rightness. You know, mm. this sort of really fearful place where we're only prepared to do things that reaffirm our expectations. And then, and so I, you know, like I'm sure you guys have, have, have been derailed professionally and, and, and personally, and it really fucking hurts yeah. at the time, you know, and, yeah, and, 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 and one's ego take, can take a massive hit. But, but it's often these experiences that, that, that make us, you know, and without wanting to sound too glib about it, it's, um, no. It's 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 the failures um, that, in many ways, are more important than the successes. Well, this book isn't a failure. Um, Thanks, this book, man. Creative Demons and, and How to Slay Them, is a, I think it's going to be a huge success and thank you. Pops out on the shelves, and we've um, you know a lot of people need this 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 advice and and ways of, I guess, dealing with um, you know our our own personal self doubt and also knowing that other people. You're not I guess alone. We'll, yeah, you're not no. alone. Yeah, and, and, completely. And no matter how long you've been in this world and in this business, you know that that's something that mm. still is there, which is often for 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 good a good reason as well. Mm. But how, how do people get hold of the book, Richard? So it's um, there's a link on my website, richardholman.com, with various ways of getting it. It's, theoretically, it should be in good bookstores in most. English-speaking countries, and it's it's available through most of the um, the online channels. You know where, so cool. a, a search online will turn it up pretty quickly. Yep, and Thames and Hudson's uh, published it, which is really cool. And yep. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really interesting conversation, and uh, we want to wish you the best with uh, uh, with your life, uh, you. the heat, yeah, <laughs> and. Yes. Uh, Oh, no doubt the, the marketing and promotion of this book and, and probably other books to follow. Thank you, Richard. It's been, it's been a real pleasure to, uh, to, to chat with you this morning. So thank you so much for, for inviting me on. Thanks for listening in to today's episode of Design Your Life, the Fittish series. Stay tuned for the next episodes where I'll be catching up with doctors, nutritionists, trainers, athletes, and other experts to find out what is the least we need to do for good health. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can design your life, head to the website at designyourlife.com.au. If you found this episode inspiring, please don't forget to review and subscribe. If you have any ideas or like to get in touch, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at frostcollective.com.au.